Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Cotton Grower Magazine's Cotton Companion Podcast. As most folks in this part of the country would tell you, it's the dog days of summer, those hot, sultry days not fit for a dog. Dogs may hate it, but cotton loves it. And as we've seen over the past few weeks, this crop has responded in positive fashion. And we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. I'm Jim Stedman, Senior Editor of Cotton Grower. And as always, I'm joined by Cotton Grower Editor Frank Giles. Frank, what's new? Oh, not too much. You know, we had our, our friend Mike Boylan uh, from Mike's Weather page on a couple times here on the podcast. And uh, I know he's gone into full go mode uh, <laughs> as we probably are going to get Fred named today out in the tropics and might be looking at something here in Florida and Georgia uh, toward the end of the weekend and early next week. So uh, it's that time of year things picking up. At this point, it doesn't look like it's going to be too anything too significant, but you know it's it's the tropics in the summer, so you always got to watch. Anything is possible. Yeah, I've already I've already seen some uh, some memes using uh, Fred Flintstone to uh, as <laughs> illustration for uh, for this hurricane. So uh, he'll be stomping through your neighborhood. Hopefully not. Uh, hopefully not through your neighborhood anytime soon. There but anyway, go. anyway. Well, while this season's progressing with uh, with bug. Uh, weed and PGR treatments as it's heading toward cutout. Uh, we thought it'd be good to spend some time today on some new products and technologies that are coming to cotton fields near you in 2022. But before we get to that discussion, how's the crop progressing this week, Frank? Yeah, as you said, you know, this hot weather, uh, cotton likes it. So things are starting to pick up. Um, the weather across the cotton belt and the really in this past week really showed up in the August 9th USDA crop progress report for cotton. Squaring is now reported in 88% of the U.S. crop, up six percentage points in the past week, with nine states now at or ahead of their respective five-year averages for the week. Bowl set uh, made another big jump with bowls now reported in 63% of the crop. That's up 13 percentage points for the second consecutive week, but still lagging a little bit from behind the five-year average. In all 12 cotton states recorded double-digit percentage increases in the past week, led by Kansas up 22 points and Oklahoma up 20 points. The report also noted reports of open bowls and 5% of the open overall crop still well below the average. However, the three states registered an impressive initial percentages of open bowls, Arizona 30%, Mississippi 22%, Louisiana 21%. There was also a shift to the positive side in cotton uh, crop condition this week. The crop is now rated 65% good to excellent. That's up five percentage points with 28% of the crop rated fair and only seven rated poor to very poor. So that, you know, the crop's setting up to be a pretty good one. And if we can get it, get it all in and uh, in a timely manner. That's right. All we need to do is keep Fred and his friends away uh, for, for about, about the next six to eight weeks. And, and I think we'll all be in good shape. But anyway, well, thank you, Frank. Um, and as you know, we did have a major announcement in the cotton industry back uh, on August 2nd when John Deere officially rolled out its new 770 series of cotton harvesters. Now, Frank, if I've done my research correctly, or at, at least well enough for this podcast, uh, this is the third generation of the Deere harvesters to come to market. That's following the original 7760 round module builder in 2010, 
and the more recent 690 series of round module builders or round module pickers and strippers that came out in 2018. Now, I had the opportunity to, to talk with Christopher Murray, who is John Deere's marketing manager for cotton harvesting prior to the announcement. And he shared a whole long list of things uh, about this, these new pieces of equipment. Uh, and, and part of that is, is simply because these new harvesters, even though they may look the same, they are 75% new from the ground up uh, and, and are basic, they're based on a pretty strong platform that Deere's planted to utilize for many years. So out of this, we get two new harvesters, the CP770 cotton picker and the CS770 cotton stripper, both of which are designed to increase harvest efficiency and productivity. Uh, now Deere did some, uh, obviously did their research and the design of the new harvesters is based on a lot of customer input, uh, primarily their need to reduce harvest costs. So with that, the new CP770 picker is 5% more productive than the previous CP690. And the CS770's cotton stripper with the new 12 row folding header is up to 48% more productive than the current CS690 with the standard eight row header. So in dryland cotton, they basically telling me that equates up to about 100 more acres that they can cover in a day with, the, with this new stripper machine. Uh, there's also an all new cab, there's a whole new power module uh, and options to make larger round modules on both machines. So as, uh, as Chris Murray told me, about the only thing carried over from the previous machines is the green paint at this point. So um, just a few more details on this. The CP770 picker allows a grower to cover nearly five more acres a day and reduce harvesting costs by up to $1.50 per bale through reduced wrap, fuel, labor, and hauling costs. And part of that new efficiency comes from a brand new row unit that's fitted with high-speed stalk lifters and ultra-fast cotton-grabbing spindles. Uh, moving from field to field, and certainly along the, uh, the rural highways is gonna be a little bit easier, but transport speed has gone up 18% uh, from 17 miles per hour to 20 miles per hour. Uh, and certainly they come with the latest and greatest technology. Uh, this new Gen 4 4600 command center that will feed data to the John Deere Operations Center. There is the JD Link connectivity and uh, Deere's Harvest Identification Cotton Pro technology that allows use of the RFID data that will help uh, fully trace cotton from the field through the gin to the mill and on to the retail shelf. Uh, there's also a new uh, John Deere PowerTech engine and hydraulic power module. Uh, that's gonna provide fuel efficiency up to 20% for the CP770 and up to 15% for the CS770, uh, hopefully while also reducing maintenance requirements and costs. The, uh, the machines have an option for a load carrying extended accessory platform. Uh, growers can order that when they order the machines, uh, if they would like to add toolboxes or fire suppression systems or other items to their harvesters. Uh, when you look at the stripper, in particular, two headers are available, going to be available for this machine, a 12-row 12 12-row 12 rigid header for narrow-row growers and a 12-row folding header for wet-row cotton production. 
And for transport, uh, two rows on each end of the folding header will fold up uh, basically to the same dimensions as the current CS690's eight row header. Uh, so that one should make transport uh, relatively easy. The, uh, the new stripper also includes a new three drum, 75 inch field cleaner, provides a two point increase in turnout by removing more actual plant material from seed cotton in the field. So by the time it gets to the gin, it should be a little cleaner than it has been uh, in past years. Uh, the new round module builder on both machines can actually make modules 2% larger and 5% more dense. Although this traditional 90 to, uh, 90 to 94 inch size is certainly still possible. But to make these larger modules, as they explained it to me, it's not an automatic process. If the operator wants to adjust to the larger module size, a pop-up window is gonna come up on the command center screen, notifying the operator to contact his gen to make sure they can handle this larger diameter module. And the operator has to confirm that information and enter it before the module size can be adjusted. So the, uh, the current Tamarap Plus that is currently being used, the, uh, the, the yellow and the, the uh, pink wrap uh, can also be used on the new harvesters. The wrap feeding system has been uh, adjusted to make it a little more faster and a little more robust in order to feed wrap uh, in all field and weather conditions. And then of course, there's a question everybody wants to know, what's it gonna cost? Well, pricing for this new uh, CP770 and CS770 harvesters uh, will be released in October. And uh, customers can go to the John Deere dealers at that point and place their orders and spec out the machines uh, for the needs that they have, uh, certainly uh, at that time in, uh, in the year. Uh, harvester delivery then will begin in spring of 2022. So uh, it was a big week for Deere. Uh, this was not the end of their technology advancements uh, that, that were announced last week. On August 6th, August 6th, Deere also signed an agreement to acquire Bear Flag Robotics, to Silicon Valley startup that develops autonomous driving technology compatible with existing machines. And the price tag on that uh, was $250 million. So not only are we looking at more efficient harvesting, but we're also looking at the possibility of more autonomous uh, equipment operation here within the next few years. So again, a big week for deer uh, and some exciting news for the cotton market. Yeah, that is exciting. I, I'd imagine seeing that 12 row stripper in operation would be quite a sight. That's uh, that's covering a lot of ground. That's covering a lot oh. of ground. That, that's, that, that I think is in and of itself is why you're gonna be able to cover about a hundred more acres a day. Absolutely. You know, as for the price situation, I, I can safely predict they probably are not going to have a layaway program on that. No, I doubt seriously they won't. <laughs> they won't. And I, yeah, so it's, uh, we, we know those, that we know those, those have been pricey pieces of equipment. Uh, but by gosh, they've also proved their worth and value in, in the fields uh, here over the last several years. So, uh, yeah. I think grower, I think growers who are going in and, and seriously kicking the tires on this to uh, and possibly placing orders are going to go in with their eyes wide open, knowing what uh, knowing what the price range is going to be. So anyway, yep. well, there's another technology that's been in research testing for uh, for several years, and it's currently being evaluated in on farm tests for the first time this year. Now, we've mentioned it before. That's the Thrive On insect control technology from Bayer that is tentatively set for market introduction in 2022. 
And from what we've heard, growers who have had the technology on their farms this year have certainly been excited about what they've seen so far. Well, joining us in the Cotton Companion virtual studio to provide a mid-season update on Thrive On is our friend Keelan Golston. He's Cotton Product Manager for Bayer and Delta Pine, and he has probably seen about every plot containing this technology over the past several years. In fact, he's taken some time from some field visits near Tunica, Mississippi today to join us. So Keelan, thank you for joining in and welcome back to the Cotton Companion. You bet. Thank y'all. Look forward to it. All right. Well, first of all, I have a question for you about the crop overall this year, because I know you you spend a lot of time in the field looking at uh, looking at the field from from the Carolinas all the way to uh, to Arizona. And for the most part, we know it's running a bit behind normal this year, but it does seem to be catching up. How does it look to you right now out there? I, I think we've got um, extremely good potential. You know, that the environment this year has just uh, kind of been all over the board, a lot of rain and, uh, you know, some places getting up 20 inches or better in a week. But but overall, I would say the crop looks good right now uh, across the Mid-South. Uh, really good fruit retention. Uh, but I, I will tell you that I think the crop is, at least two weeks behind where it normally would be for the planting date. And I think that's just due to all the cloudy, wet weather that we've had. I I, I had a fellow yesterday I was looking at cotton with, and, and I told him, you know, well, we're, it's three weeks behind. And he said, well, it looks like me is a month behind. I said, yeah, it is, but I didn't want to say that. <laughs> you know, a month is, just seems like a long time. So, but, but yeah, the, the crop's behind, uh, but, it's catching up and and you know with the forecast we got right now we're getting good dd60 accumulation so i feel good about where we are and and if we're blessed with a good september i think we've got potential to make a really good cotton crop sounds good well we know there's been a lot of buzz uh about thrive on here for a couple of years uh in fact i i recalled several summers ago i was i was at a field day and remember an extension entomologist kind of hinting about this new technology that he had tucked away on one of his back 40 plots, but he couldn't talk about. Uh, so uh, give us a quick overview of Thrive On and its primary targets. Well, you know, th this year we had the opportunity to put out stewarded trials with the NPE growers, and we also put out uh, several stewarded groundbreaker trials with growers outside of the NPE program on, on larger acreage. And I have been thoroughly impressed with what I saw, uh, especially from the the thrip standpoint. Uh, this was a wet year, uh, wet spring across most of the Mid-South and Southeast. And, of course, you had vegetation growing in the ditch banks and stuff like that early. And, and we just had a big thrip population, you know, when we planted cotton and, and finally got cotton up. So we saw really huge thrip numbers and uh, I tell you that the thrive on varieties just came through that thrip pressure a, as be better than expected and uh, I can tell you that today we're seeing differences uh, in thrive on versus non-thrive on just due to the protection that it that thrive on gave from from thrip damage you know early season now also, you know, one of the things that, that we see is some plant bug uh, 
um, activity with Thrive On. And again, this has been a, a tough year for plant bugs. I mean, just mature mig- mature plant bug migrations in, in biblical proportions in some places, I would say. And, you know, what I've seen is that, that under low to moderate pressure, uh, you really see uh, Thrive On perform extremely well. Uh, where you've got extremely heavy pressure, like we've seen in places this year, you know, growers are, are just going to have to to scout just like always uh, and spray on threshold. Now, I think the thing Thrive On does is it 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 certainly gives you protection twenty four seven to to some extent, and we don't need to spray on sub threshold levels, but when we reach threshold, we're going to need to spray plant bugs. But I think overall, the, the technology is going to be a huge benefit to cotton growers. And, you know, one of the things that pe- I hear a lot of people talk about, it saves a spraying or, but, but if it can just increase retention by a small amount, it, it can add up to extra, extra pounds of yield at the end of the year. And, and that's really what we're all after. Sounds good. Are there any geographies where this, where it's actually looked a little bit better than maybe others? Well, I would say from a thrip perspective, uh, pretty much across the belt, even uh, out in West Texas, it, it had great uh, activity on flea hoppers. Um, I, I would say it's looked good everywhere I've seen it, east to west. Um, on plant bugs, um, I, I, like I said, if, if like in Mississippi, if you get over in the, the hill section of Mississippi where I live, we've we may spray for plant bugs three or four times on a bad year. And, and, you know, I, I think what we're seeing in Thrive On in that area is that uh, we're definitely going to save a spray. And if you get over in the heart of the Mississippi Delta where, um, you know, average plant bug spray may be eight to 10 or 12 times a year, um, I think you're still going to save a spray but you're just going to have to manage it closely based on thresholds. Good deal. Uh, Keelan, you know, you, you mentioned you're working with uh, cooperative growers. Uh, what are they telling you in terms of what they're observing in their fields and, and what they think about this technology? You know, the, the grower comments have been so positive. Uh, even when we came through the year we had this year where it was extremely wet, growers couldn't get in the field to, to make thrift applications, uh, and, and they saw that growth difference between the Thrive On and the non-Thrive On, uh, the growers were sold right then. And when you go back and, and you look at Thrive On varieties that started fruiting on node five, six, seven, non-Thrive On varieties started fruiting on node eight or nine just due to the to the thrip damage that, that happened early season, you know, that that makes a grower value that technology pretty quickly. And of course, we're, we're still evaluating the plant bug situation. Uh, and we'll know a lot more at the end of the year from a yield perspective, but I, I'm enthused about what I've seen on, on plant bugs as well. But again, it, it has to be managed. It's, it's not a standalone on plant bugs. So I guess the big question is, uh, What's the decision process for bringing Thrive On on to market, and are the chance? What are the chances? Are is it still good? We're going to see these in some of your uh, 2022 varieties. 
Well, we've got three varieties uh, right now in NPE, Delta Pine 2131 B3TXF, 20R816 B3TXF, and 20R822 B3TXF that I've been getting to evaluate in NPE plots. And uh, I, I can tell you that all three of them look really strong. Um, the 816 being an early season, more determinate type variety, uh, it, I, I'm really thrilled with what I'm seeing out of it. Uh, the 20R822, even though it's an early mid, has a real high level of indeterminacy uh, and just a lot of strength of terminal. It, it's a very different plant type than the 816, but both of them look extremely good, as does the 2131. So uh, from a genetic standpoint, you know, this technology is going in our newest, best uh, germplasm. So I, I really look forward to, to seeing what yields are out of the NP plots on these thrive varieties this fall. Now you'll be making those decisions what late right after harvest late November early December? Yeah we'll we'll make our advancement decisions uh you know with the the help of the NP growers. They'll mm -hmm. they'll be the ones that actually give us feedback and make that final decision. But yeah that'll be made uh, about the second week of December. Okay. Well, Caitlin, I know you're busy, and uh, so this seems like a pretty good place to, to call time on, on this discussion. Uh, we do appreciate you for stepping out of the field and back into the air conditioning for a few minutes uh, to join us, because uh, I'm sure growers are looking forward to uh, seeing this on a much broader scale and, and putting, it, putting it to work in their fields as well. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, next year, hopefully, uh, we will be able to have larger groundbreakers and certainly have thrive on back in NPEs. Uh, uh, we're right now still awaiting a few key regulatory approvals, uh, but probably be at, you know, stewarded at planting next year. But uh, certainly we hope to get a lot bigger look at the technology and the new germplasm that the technology comes in next year. Sure. Thank you, Keelan. Appreciate your time. We will uh, we'll catch up with you farther down the road. Thank you. Thanks, Keelan. Cotton growers continuing to follow these and other new developments for cotton in our print issues and online at cottongrower.com. And check out the article, New Tech Breakthroughs Coming for Cotton in our June-July issue, and watch for reports on other products and technologies in the cotton pipeline in our upcoming fall issues. And that's it for this episode of the Cotton Companion Podcast. As always, thank you, dear listeners, for joining us. If you like what you hear on the Cotton Companion, please be sure to spread the word and tell your farmer friends about this podcast. And here's where and how they can find us. You can find the Cotton Companion in three easy ways. First, go to cottongrower.com forward slash companion or simply click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Second, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. And three, Sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, The Cotton Grower E-News, that's delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow Cotton Grower on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you'll find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. The Cotton Companion Podcast comes to you twice monthly. It's produced by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues at the World Headquarters for Maestro Media Worldwide in lovely Willoughby, Ohio. My name's Jim Stedman. His name's Frank Giles. 
And we'll be back with you in two weeks with the next episode of The Cotton Companion. Until then, stay safe. Yeah, he works and he works and he works and he works all day. God